Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, Jonathan Lewis from the Bronx. I see. From the Bronx, I'm going to start this podcast off with some of the news. In on what day we on Sunday? On Friday, I was almost choked out with my own arm. That's <laughs> happened before in many martial arts. <laughs> well, I, I'm doing a it's not a course. I'm doing one to one with a, a mate of mine who was. Your black belt, whatever, black brown, whatever. He's good. Jiu jitsu, BJJ, not blow jobs. Brazilian jiu jitsu. I was gonna say, you do love a good BJJ. Also, when we started, he did, he was in his pants. I said, You're gonna put some clothes on? He said, Yeah, better add a knife. I said, Yeah, you better add. Anyway, Shreddy comes with me normally, but she couldn't make it. So he paired me up with someone who was about, say, 45 inches shorter. And quite stocky. I don't know what belt he was, but he's obviously considerably better than me. Similar sort of strength levels, which plays a role if you know what you're doing as well, which I don't. Anyway, so we do certain things, blah, blah, blah. So the end, at the end of the session, he says, right, five minutes of sparring. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rough. Anyway, so, and if anyone doesn't know Jiu-Jitsu, I don't know that well. You, you, you think you're safe. And you fucking ain't. You think you've gone from a, a bad situation to a good one, and ultimately you've gone from a bad to a worse situation. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened to me. So I ended up on top of him. Fine. But I don't really know. I, I, like, I think I know one move, which is, you know, if he's, if he's not in that position, I so, can't do it. Can I just clarify so, something? Yeah. Have you started the BJJ yet, or? Yeah, this is the uh, sorry, like I just, the one to one. I just like PT something with him like oh, okay. something. No, I meant as in like this in the story. Have you started the BJJ in the story yet? Because obviously you said you end up on top of him, and obviously you've only got one move. I didn't know whether the actual martial arts had started yet, or whether you were just coming on to him in the change rooms. But <laughs> it wasn't the changing rooms. No. No, like what you, it came, was... you did it? You came on to him in the gym. Yeah, it was in the gym in the in in the in the BJJ session. Nothing uh, uh, of sexual nature. Although it could be misconstrued if you've never seen it before. It does look a bit dodgy. Anyway. So he ended up on top of me. Right. So I thought, right, I'll try and pull him in to try and close the distance. So somehow he managed, nobody can see this, but he managed to get my arm like that and was putting his shoulder on his arm into my arm, strangling me and strangling me. I literally couldn't breathe either. I was like, because <sighs> he's, he's in in your mouth and your nose and it felt terrific but I was laughing at the same time maybe I'm just sick I don't know but I, f- I felt quite amusing it's quite funny I just my own fucking arm Actually, <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to think what you could do but you could try a nice rubber guard and got your leg over his head or something and try to like pull him into you harder although it depends where your arms were I suppose like you say if it's trapped well right because I had my left arm you're right try that I try to force try to get into his hip with my thumb I just try to wrap my thumb in his hip I didn't know what it was <laughs> That would be legal. I thought I'd try it anyway. Well, didn't do anything. I, I don't think it's not illegal. Yeah, I don't think it's illegal. Um, I did that. Just not sure what's going to do, really, other than. But that's the thing with a lot of kind of 
a lot of uh, jiu-jitsu moves and stuff, you tend to find, like, you get yourself in awkward position, uh, positions that hurt that you have to just kind of accept, go through, because you're like, this is really uncomfortable and painful, but I can't really do... It's not. It's not. They're not actually trying to kind of um, submit you or kind of get you into any dangerous positions. This is really uncomfortable, like knees laying on knees and so kind of yeah. like, like moments when people are trying to pass and, like, I don't know, it's just uncomfortable, like... You, you get so many bruises and kind of bumps and scrapes and stuff like nails like chlorine and things like that as yeah. well i do find it very enjoyable i like i heard that about you I too mate more enjoyable than striking actually because you've got to think you've got like because I, I don't know wrestling and i quite like that and it's quite uh i don't know it's really tough as well when you're sparring because he's like i'm blowing out of my ass there it's not like running or cycling or nothing like that it's it's just a different. Obviously, I've run before. Mm. It's like this is rough, this is, but it's enjoyable. It's like I gotta try and stop him from putting me on my back, yeah. or whatever. And I gotta try and get him down. I, I just there's very little there's, there's very little rest. It's just constant straining yeah. and constant tension in in arms, like core, um, like back. It's just all of the constant straining is just really hard with like muscular endurance. You really have to kind of have a lot of practice doing it. Because you just wear out, and obviously that then just builds up in the breathing as well. And obviously you're not you're in quite compromised positions in terms of your ability to breathe. So obviously that doesn't help either. That was one of the things you you're like three or four minutes in, you're panting like mad, you can't catch your breath, and your shoulders in your own face, and you can't breathe, and it's not very pleasant at all. You like I could you, know, you can't catch your breath. That's and I find as well it's obviously it's like training it's like training for the first time in it in the gym. You're aching in places you've never think you've ached. You're like, ah, oh, like my neck. There's a lot of work on your neck. My neck is aching. But it's the stuff you're used to it. But it is, I've, I'm, I'm contemplating when I go, because I've booked, not booked, I've started in the gym in a week. Is it a week? Yeah, I think it's the next Sunday. I'm even considering dropping, not weights totally, because I'd, I'd like it. Like spending more time doing the combat sport than being in the gym. Yeah, I think that's going to happen to me. I think when I, <clears throat> excuse me, eventually get round to rejoining back up, I think I'll have to find myself dropping. I think I said this before actually when we were talking about it, but I find myself having to drop some sessions. I think because I don't think I'll be able to keep up the level of volume, especially at the start when you need quite a, a lot of commitment to progress in jiu-jitsu and kind of learn. You have to kind of regular routine and practice and experience. And I think if going once a week, certainly as a beginner again not sure it's going to really be enough and i just think trying to pair that in with a weight training sessions of four or five sessions a week um you've got to manage volume and give somewhere i think you've got to be uh or be prepared to be flexible with it otherwise you're just trying to incorporate everything which might be a good segue for today like trying to want everything and not kind of be flexible and kind of have some give somewhere and yeah i think i think your priorities and your outlook changes as well like when i think when I think for men, especially, when you start training, I want to be massive. I want to be as big as Arnie. I want to be as big as Ronnie Coleman. And you realise, well, you should realise very fast. Like, you're not going to be that big. Like, I know full well, I am, I have not got the genetic ability to be very muscular, as in large, as in heavy. Like, you could be muscular and small, obviously, because you're low body fat. So I'm, <clears throat> I know that me say, drop into, like, three days a week, upper, lower, full body, or something like that. Is it really going to make much difference to my muscle mass? Probably not. No. I, I think you, you you have to view it as a shift in 
um well obviously a shift in focus but view is it doesn't mean a backward step in other stuff it doesn't mean because all of a sudden it's like specializing in anything if you specialize even in your training sessions right i'm going to have a specialization block of something i mean not that i think many people need to specialize certainly at, at, you know until you're quite advanced in your training anyway um but some people might think oh i mean unless you just want to specialize because i just you know i don't give a fuck about how i look i just want big arms okay you need to specialize in arms then you know simple as that really um if there's some really but if you just kind of want a generally over um a generally over a generally well-developed physique um and it's kind of nothing particular that you you really want to focus on like you don't really need like a specialist cycle on chest or a specialist cycle on back or you know whatever clearly i think most people say brett you need a specialist cycle in calves and yes i do however i've tried that didn't work um made no difference fuck all difference <laughs> um but I, I think that's the thing is like if you do if the point being if you do specialize it doesn't mean that the rest goes backwards it just kind of means that you start to kind of progress an area and i think like you might decide okay like you say two or three sessions a week will maintain my physique as it is and I'm happy with that, and I'll have to. I, I now want to focus on something different, aka the jujitsu type thing. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the BJJ and the and the K1 like kickboxer. I, I think because it's more and it's more fun. And if you do an upper lower, full body, say, or even two full body, whatever, you can maintain, you know, a decent level of strength. You can gain strength doing that, which will directly help with. BJJ because obviously it helps being skilled and strong. Obviously, same person who can't clone me, but skilled, not strong, skilled and strong. You'd imagine the strength will help you a little bit, at least. But <clears throat> it's just more fun, isn't it? It's just more entertaining, it's more thought. Like I love the gym, don't get me wrong. But that's just, it's just different. And the guy I train with, I know I, I should have asked because I've known him for years. I said, Die, do you live weights? No, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he is in, in ridiculous condition. No shredded because he trains all the time. So how much weight to do that? Oh, just do a little bit now and again. Like, you know, what is, what is a little bit? A little bit to him, maybe like four sessions a week. But he said, no, I, I do a little bit for jiu-jitsu and that's a bit. Because he used to be bigger and used to be very much like, got to be big, got to train. He's always done jiu-jitsu, but he's obviously focused more. But, but if you looked at him, you think, I would say 99% of people think, I love Lukaku. And he doesn't, his his trainer is not focused on resistance training as we know it. Obviously, with, with BJJ, you are resistance training against somebody else, which is not your typical, you know, you're not fucking squatting or deadlifting. You are, you know, trying to choke another man out. <laughs> yes um so I, I guess just like bringing it onto topic today we said about we we're going to talk around something that popped in my head earlier today i was at the beach today had lots of fun uh went with the family and really nice day and as we often do when we go to beaches stop for ice cream and i thought to myself in the queue while and it was a massive fucking queue loads of people it was ridiculous how big how, how busy the, the beach was and um unfortunately the tide was in as well so the beach was like a quarter of the size it normally is so loads of people flock into the beach in a nice hot day you know the one hot day of the year and uh yeah caught the space thing so it's a good job a global pandemic isn't happening that's all i was thinking at the time but anyway lo- loads of people at this little beach cafe and uh, they had a whippy machine i thought oh, i'm definitely gonna go get whippy so i went to get uh, an ice cream and i was thinking to myself you know it's probably three four hundred calories in this thing and um it kind of just brings back to conversations that i've had with clients recently around kind of 
the ability to be flexible in their diet people's um, diets would need to be sustainable because it's I say diets need to be sustainable I mean that in the manner in the manner of that people are looking at lifestyle change and behavior change and they want a way of eating that can help them maintain their weight over a long period of time this isn't a I just want to lose weight fast this is a diet phase obviously in that period it doesn't need to be sustainable it only needs to be sustainable for as long as you diet for whereas I guess a lot of the clients that I'm working with at the moment are very much uh, long-term behavior change type clients where they want to find a way that they can change their lifestyle to basically manage their eating for the rest of their lives so the types of behaviors and skills that we teach now and learn and they're learning now need to be stuff that they can kind of continue with forever otherwise like they're just going to go away and go, go resort back to their usual eating patterns kind of thing so um got me thinking about it all and uh you know having this ice cream in my hand thinking like i'm obviously you know reasonable size male quite active um not dieting quite easy for me to eat an ice cream and not even have to think too much about it where it made me think about well you know there are clients that we know have i mean i've got a client at the moment that's on 1200 calories say small female um wants to lose some body fat and it's like well that's the type of thing that might take up a third of her calories and it got me thinking about how often or you know the types of conversations you have with clients where you try to almost balance around how often they should have those types of foods because obviously you want to be able to tell people you can have these things because you don't want to make your diet unsustainable but in the same breath you also think like it does make it quite difficult to include when someone's on such low calories it just got me thinking about it so we thought we'd talk about it today didn't we around not not the i don't well we can talk about it but i was gonna say not necessarily the oh well you can just swap some calories out and you can just kind of fast for the day and blah 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 it's got more around just the general premise of how how people should think about it how how often can people be that flexible what people's mindset should be in and that type of thing does that make sense it does it does make sense yeah and i had a <clears throat> it's pretty much yeah there's the same conversation really with a client last week funnily enough and she was i think she ended up going out um food food and drinks remember the exact place it was maybe maybe in um parents or family or something like that we were talking about this i'm like <clears throat> because her, her routine has changed in general as well because the working life has changed a little bit since we've the country's grown up a little bit so i'm like <clears throat> you know where your goal is the goal is to look x way be this weight roughly look this way blah 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 Right, that's a long-term goal for you. So obviously you focus on behaviour change, not just let's just die as hard as we can to get to this particular scale weight. It's like you got long-term in mind. So I'm like, do you think it matters if you go for food and drinks for one night? She said no. I said no. You're right. It doesn't matter at all. So what matters in that situation is right. We go back to like like mindful eating. Are you mindless eating it? Or drinking for the sake of it, or are you going right? I'm having the whatever Indian because I want it because I enjoy it. Yeah, fine. And I'm like, <clears throat> dieting doesn't have to be a period of like 20 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. It could be right. I know I've got my life at the minute for the next whatever two months is set up so that I can make the most of dieting harder, training more. Because I've got more time, so you spend that block making the most of it, and then like I said, well actually you can have times where 
you work more, you're more stressed. The kids got stuff to do, the kids are off school, blah, blah, blah. So you haven't got much time to train and you may have not got the headspace to worry about um, thinking about creative ways to make, you know, more food volume or make your calories go further, if you know what I mean. So like, well, use those times to go to maintenance, have more calories, maybe not track so much, have less stress on the diet, and then when life comes back around again, where you can have a two, three month block, or when the kids go back to school, where you can make the effort of putting all the work into diet and training, where you can make the most progress, do that. Don't worry about one day, don't worry about an ice cream, don't worry about a cake, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. So I, I said to her, I said, I, I, normally I could say to you, right, you could fast in the morning, you could do this. I'm like, I totally don't see the point because the point of us teaching you to change your lifestyle is not to need to, as such, use these strategies because you're going out for one day. So if you're not for one day, just fucking do what you want. And I, and I mean that as in place that she knows she's more in tune with the after than she was previously so I say do what you want as in but still be mindful of what you're doing if you want to eat a freaking one kilo Indian you crack on you know full well how it's going to make you feel how many calories there is if you want to do it or if you're mindlessly doing it so it's up to you what you do so in my opinion a nice scream in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter however the way that the industry works is you must die for 12 weeks. So if you have an ice cream, you must fast or you must swap it for something else the next day. It's like, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're, if you're a bodybuilder going for a show, you need to do anything you can to get ready for the show. But as we know, competitive bodybuilding is not necessarily healthy. So that's my uh, long-winded view of it. No, that's a really good point. I and I like that, and it's something that I thought and used and spoke with clients quite a lot recently as well. And I guess you know, that makes sense, obviously, as our part of our coaching, the way our our um, values are, it kind of makes sense that we would. But uh, the the whole principle or premise, I think, of of something that doesn't get talked about a lot is that you don't have to diet every day. I think that's the way that's kind of the banner that kind of fits under. I think, and like you say, in the industry, it's almost accepted that, or no, accepted, expected that you have a dieting phase and you have to diet from start date to end date and that's the way it works and obviously you know you get the results what you of what you put in and actually for a lot of people where they don't actually have a specific time-based goal like a show or a photo shoot or you know a holiday or something necessarily that they they need to look a certain way or want to look their best at over a certain time period what is the problem of saying hmm actually do you know what you're right i don't have to diet every day maybe i can diet six days a week you know have have a have a day where i don't diet or maybe i kind of just decide ad hoc every now and then hmm it'd be nice to go out to dinner tonight it's a nice evening uh oh but i I've, I've used all my calories up on my fitness pal what will i do um maybe i won't diet today and maybe i'll have another 500 calories or what you know whatever even a thousand calories it's kind of like that premise of where it does it, it screams logical like when you say it out loud now but it's amazing, really, how many people think, "Oh, I can't do that. I can't go out to eat lots short notice. I haven't planned for it. I'm and, and I'm dieting. Can't do that." Because be honest, when you think about it, it's borderline neurotic, isn't it? It's borderline to think like I'm going to turn down a meal out with family because I want that extra, 
one seventh of a pound of fat loss for a day. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, the equivalent it works. Probably probably less. Like it probably works out as less if you went over your calories by five hundred because obviously the thermogenic effect and kind of upregulation of certain um metabolism processes and, and energy processes and stuff. You think, fucking hell, are are we really turning down a, a nice social evening with families to, to, to be able to kind of get that extra tiny little bit of weight loss? I mean, yeah, okay, step on a bodybuilder show, get it. You might have to. But you're not. And I, I think like I said, that's re- that is really the point in the coaching in that we're teaching people to do things that they can kind of take away and run with for the rest of their lives. We're not saying you have to diet for this period because that's what you signed up for. No, exactly. I think people forget that 99.99999% of us are not high-level athletes. I mean, if you're a high-level athlete looking to go to the Olympic Games, then you better damn sure you better be on your diet all the time. All the time, if you want to be the best in the world. Because... You know, the, that week where you've just pissed about could mean mean you winning or coming fucking first, last. Yeah. You know I mean? so yeah. In that respect, you can understand why people have neurotic behaviour to their diet because literally they get potentially getting paid millions and millions of pounds to be that way. I would do anything for a few million bucks to play sport and be neurotic on my diet. But most of us are not. And if you go into the phase where, like, I'm not going to go up with family because, you know, like you said, I'm not going to lose an extra fucking seventh of a pound. Like, you need to, you need to get, a, you need to think of what you really died in for. What is the goal? Mm. Is the goal to to be a social outcast? No, I've done it before. I've done it before. Like, I want to get shredded. That's what it takes. That's it. But no, but there's a caveat, mind. You can't just go aimlessly without a goal forever because you'll probably never get there. Just have different goals that don't just end with, I want to be this weight. You know, I've set myself many goals you know, throughout the process. Having no goals, however, is, is still probably not conducive to you getting the results you want long term. Just to make sure you've got a goal or, or many goals in, in place. But yeah, yeah but the. You, you think of in the industry in general, there are a lot of good people in there, but there's a lot of good people who also, like we've done it before years ago, is give out information that's probably not conducive to a good relationship with food. Mm, I totally agree. Which, I absolutely, absolutely have. Yeah. It's making things worse, really, isn't it? I want to go up to my mates, I'm seeing for, you know, since the start, start of lockdown, so it's like a year and a bit. Wait, make sure you, uh, you know, you fast the day before. And you know, have a you know, have a diet coke and vodka instead of whatever you drink, orange juice and vodka, or whatever. Make sure you do things like these people I've met for a year. What do you fucking like? On your head be it if you go over the top. But if you know, if you come back to me and say, Look, I've been over the top, I've realised I've eaten loads of calories, I feel like shit, I'm like, well, as long as you understand, don't come to me and say, I've done a wife gained three fucking pounds overnight. If they don't, if someone says that to me, I'd be worried. If they say, look, I did this, I enjoyed myself, I gained two pounds, I was well aware I was coming, great, we are, tidy. Yeah. What do you want? Like, I think the conversation with clients around this and, and like, don't come to me afterwards, like, I I know what you mean. I think you mean, obviously... Yeah, not in that way. No, I I know what you mean. You you, you obviously mean, like, obviously... (sighs) 
people, when you say on your head, be it, you obviously mean people need to, as long you, as long as you're aware and you're owning your decision, there is yeah. nothing wrong about doing that. It's about okay, I take responsibility for my actions. I've done it. Cool. And obviously, that doesn't include guilt by any stretch. Is what you just said, isn't it? In that you don't want people to come around. Oh, I feel guilty because I did this. Because obviously, one, it's an absolute waste of emotion, and you'll achieve nothing from guilt. Um, it's more around uh, uh, what I what I like to find in those scenarios is like make the decision, own it learn from it and then next time iterate your decision based on that previous experience and then decide again what you what do you want to do do you want to repeat the same if you're happy with that crack on absolutely you know you've 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 thought about it you've reflected and you've decided that was the right answer and you want to do it again great um if you learn from it, say well i did you know i went over the top i had more than i really should have done or wanted to at the time i felt crap the next day i did feel a little bit guilty um maybe next time I'll be a bit more moderate. And this really does actually reflect the conversation that I had with one of my um, one of my clients this week where she'd gone out to eat on the Friday night, obviously with things open up with her partner and, uh, and some friends. And she said she tried to fit in what she wanted in her calories, um, like what she really wanted at a pub meal and end up massively overeating. I mean, well, in her words, massively overeating. She, she, I think she ate five, six... 600 calories over roughly in terms of what she tracked it might have been more based on tracking areas and stuff but you know not the end of the world and she said she woke up next day didn't feel guilty or anything but did feel a bit like actually i felt a bit out of control and i felt a bit like and she said weirdly as a bit of a paradox kind of you'd expect this kind of free eating type mentality of you know not restricting having what you wanted should make you feel freer but actually, she said she felt less in control than the following day when she went out again for food, where she then tried to be a bit more restrictive in what she had and tried to make it fit her calories without um, having exactly what she wanted. She said that actually made her feel more more in control because she felt she could control it. She felt that she was more in 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 control of the things she was choosing and doing rather than thinking, oh, oh I'll just have whatever I want and just go for it. And then like almost not necessarily guilt, but obviously feel afterwards that actually there wasn't really any level of control there and the food was almost controlling me. I got a bit caught up in the social occasion and all that type of stuff. Um, and I, I suppose that's that's kind of what I mean by owning the decision, actually. And this is great coaching in that I did fuck all to, to do with that. She did it all herself in terms of we spoke the the following week and the next, because we had a check-in. She went the, the next couple of days when she went out. She made all those decisions and actions herself and spoke to me the following week about what she did. So I can't even really take credit for the iteration from kind of the Friday night to the Saturday night and how she changed things. But she just said the, the difference between the two approaches um, were phenomenal in terms of her mindset, the way she thought about things, how she felt afterwards. Um, although I guess a lot of this and it lines with the conversations around the ice cream stuff. And she was partly one of the people I was thinking about when I was kind of just running through these ideas or, or thoughts in my head in that. We also had a conversation around, you know, how often you eat out might affect how quick you get to your goal. And there is no problem with having a, you know, I don't diet every day type approach. But obviously, if you start to get to a point where you're not dieting most days, you have to realign your expectations slightly in terms of what your goal is going to be and how you can achieve things. Because obviously, that then will, we can't get away from the fact as much as we want to allow people, you know, completing that freedom. Uh, you can't get away from the fact that energy balance does determine how you look. If you've got a certain goal in terms of wanting to look in a specific way, which would include, which does include fat loss, then you know you kind of have to think right. I can't break away from the fundamental of that's what the science is. I just need to find you know both physical and psychological ways to deal with it. It is good that she actually made this is herself, wasn't it? More, more often than not, clients do. If, if in my experience, a lot of the time the way. And I, I don't I genuinely don't think it's got much to do with me unless it's just 
how relaxed I am with kind of how I coach people. Like I'm I'm not militant in the slightest in terms of like you must do this, you must do that. I, I almost tell people that you, you do you, this is the information you need to go away and decide based on the information what you want to do. I think that relaxed approach gives people a bit more autonomy. Um, I've always found that that's just I don't know one of the the kind of the the motivational things or things that has more motivation for people is autonomy. They'd be able to you know people are more motivated when they can pick things themselves. So I've always tried to lean on that a bit. So, but yeah, I tend to find a lot of clients do just do their own thing and they'll learn from the experiences. And part of the checking process is exactly that, just talking it through, reflecting and kind of not therapy, but just a back and forth about some, you know, what did you do? What could you have done? Now, how did you feel? Those types of conversations. Yeah, because some people go out and you've, heard, you've, probably, you've probably been asked it yourself at some point in your life or you've probably definitely heard it. When someone's, you know, trying to lose weight and... They, they pick a healthy choice because they want to, not because they feel like they have to, because they want to, because actually I'm in the zone, I want to stay in it, I don't regret not having a burger or whatever, I'm happy to have this. And people say, why are you eating that? Why didn't you eat this? You shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. I say, well actually, why don't you leave the fact alone? Because think that's what he likes to do. If you don't regret not having that burger, then you eat whatever you want. Mm. Salad, you crack on. Yeah. If you go for the social, like I'm still out, I'm seeing my mates, my family, whatever, but I choose to eat the chicken salad instead of a fucking 2,000 calorie burger, that's your choice. If you pick that chicken salad because you feel like you have to, then you feel regret that you didn't actually, and we only go to that place once a year. I really wanted that, whatever. Different, different, different story. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that's that's one of the things around, or a couple of things there. I think that that stand out. That reminds me again. Conversation. It's quite interesting how this is turned in turned to a bit of a coaching corner type call. In the, just kind of reminding me of some of the conversation I had. But yeah, it's it's interesting. But one one was around kind of um, the idea of uh, food and eating out and kind of making the occasion not about the food. So obviously, you know, you make the occasion about the social experience, but don't make it, the food should enhance and be a part of it, but the food shouldn't focus and be the sole reason you go out. So you shouldn't be going out looking forward to like the food is the only reason I'm out and I'm going to go mad because it's all about the food. Actually, you should be able to go out and have a nice social occasion with friends and family enhanced by having some nice food, but doing it in a way where food is the, like I said, is, is, is a, um, a side part to it and not the full reason. Because obviously, once you start doing that, you start to then take away this idea that oh my god, the food is special and you know it's the best thing ever, and and therefore you kind of just decide to go in all in on on obviously everything instead of having a case of you know I've taken it off the pedestal and I realise it's just food. I I can have that any food at any point, and you know, admittedly, your example might be a bit different if you're going out once a year or you know it's a once in a lifetime type of restaurant. I'd always say look, just have the food you enjoy then and of all the foods that you do really want because you, you'll never get that chance again and obviously life is about enjoying and experiencing things it's not about denying the things that you really want to experience but obviously if it's a restaurant that you go to every week what, the, why not have the chicken salad because you'll be there again week next week or next month or whenever it's like it's not like you're going to really miss out because you can just have what you wanted the next time you go type thing or when you're not kind of trying to achieve a certain goal um yeah and i think the other thing i was going to say as well is around and I think this aligns with what you were saying in around the idea of often I'll tell people like 
if they're foods that you really really love and want and you will have that idea of regret afterwards then probably pick them um if they're foods that you really really kind of are neutral to they're the sort of foods we think mm, well actually you know I, I can take or leave them i'm very neutral like because I'm, I'm not saying like there's foods that you really hate because obviously if you hate foods then you're obviously not going to pick them anyway but if, if there's a food like i don't know fries with a burger and you're like i really love the burger and it's a brilliant burger and i've got to have it but the fries I can take or leave and pretty neutral to those. Then a moderate approach is just don't eat the fries. To have something different. Have some vegetables or a salad or something alongside of it because you're not really going to miss something that you're completely neutral to. And I think that's a really good tactic for a lot of people to have. Or not, I wouldn't really call it a tactic, a mindset. It's a good mindset to have, I think. Because other, normally, otherwise, people think, I'm out, so I'm going to have the chips because that's kind of what you have. Or you know, you don't have a salad with a burger. Well, actually, we should be thinking, you know, if I'm neutral to chips and they kind of, you know, I'm only having them because of the situation, because they come with a burger, because it's kind of the social occasion, then why do I make that the norm? Why don't I make it something, you know, something different that serves and helps lean towards uh, my goal? Yeah, a few of us, me and my mates, we live... One of them is quite far, it's like 50 miles, and actually most meet halfway, and halfway is an harvester. Right, so harvester is not exactly the pinnacle of a, you know, cookery, oh, is it? Oh, that's lovely. I love a harvester. Oh. I would always, always, always have the butterfly chicken, jack potato, and veg. Because I'm like, I don't care for burger. I, I, I like burgers, don't get me wrong, but like, I'm not going to go and have the burger there, because I'm like, it's not exactly a taste sensation. Mm-hmm. Stick to that, because I know it's, it's, it's decent quality. You've got good protein, good veg, complex carbs. I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with that. But when I go to Germany, there is a, I can never remember what it's called until I see it on the menu. There's, it's, it's, it's a mains, best of fucking dessert, really, but they've classed as a mains. It's like a bread and butter pudding with applesauce. I'm like, I have to have it. So I just have it. And I just like, I won't have it every day, mate, because I know. I don't know the cat because I don't know what's cooked, but I know it's terrific. Yeah, you you would you wouldn't you wouldn't have every day though if you're in Germany every day. Like it's only because you go to Germany every now and then that yeah. you then you know you know that it's going to be another year or longer before you're going to have it again. So obviously you choose to have indulge on that occasion. Yeah, but it's a bit it's, it's a bit like obviously when people say uh, I really like donuts, but I'm afraid to eat them because like I just overeat on them, and it's kind of like well actually instead of restricting yourself and then again putting this donut up on a pedestal and and kind of creating this uh, almost facade that donuts are incredibly special instead what you should probably do is the opposite and which is you know a lot of the intuitive eating aligned approach or the kind of like haze aligned approach um they would probably say like have a donut every single day like have it for day like five days in a row and then you know if you still want a donut have it another five days in a row or whatever and you might get to day 30 and you're still eating a donut every day and you're like you're, you're kind of allowing you're giving yourself permission to have this donut but after 30 days you're probably like these donuts aren't that good actually and i'm a bit bored of them now so i'll just stop having a donut and i no longer have this craving to eat a donut that's kind of like well, that's probably a better way of looking at it and sometimes that might be a way to approach your clients in that you get them to think about the the kind of the way they they, they think about these types of foods and actually include more of them not less of them and obviously that might take away this kind of special um, facade that they've created around these specific foods. I think that the, 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 more, the more you learn about nutrition, the simpler it becomes. Hmm. I think I, when you're at the start of your journey, I think you do have to have certain strategies in place so eventually they get to a place where 
is simple and they don't need the strategies as such. They can just do what they like because they, they're aware of the things they need to be aware of. I think it does need to become, it needs to get easier over time with the clients in it. You shouldn't be, it shouldn't be as complicated day one as it is on day 300 because you would have hoped in 300 days you would have made uh, a decent impact on their psychology towards nutrition because that's what it's all about, the psychology. So yeah, because it's still, there's people who still, after years, are doing mental strategies to like, but why? What for? Yeah. You know, if you've yeah. Times years, why are you still doing these strategies? And it should be fairly simple. Imagine a check after three years, you're like, all good? Yeah. All right. See you next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, I... not, they're not going to be asking you. You're not gonna you're not gonna need the level the same level of caution as they would have two years previously. No. I, I I mean going going back to kind of the original premise around how can someone fit in certain foods in a diet or or like how often should they? Um I, I think clearly it has to be less than maybe what people would like or maybe less than what people were doing, obviously if they if they're now moving into a fat loss or weight loss goal. Um but I think what I have found over time with my own experience and coaching over the past few years is that I'm kind of more of the opinion of including more than than kind of... I, like you said, I think information I would have given out two or three years ago or a bit longer, I might have been thinking around, no, you know, if you want an ice cream, you have to, like you say, strategize. So you have to kind of plan around what you're going to eat the rest of the day. You need to try and account it in your, your macros. Um, and that might include fasting in the morning, have an ice cream later, or it might be kind of restricting a bit later in the day. Um, and I think it all comes around like that level of, you know, you have to implement some form of restriction to allow the room in your kind of energy intake for the ice cream. Whereas I think over the past you know few years, I would say actually my mindset, my approach, my belief in terms of what's kind of more, has more longevity for health. And when I say health, I mean kind of like overall well-being. So I don't just mean physical health. I mean kind of like you say, food relationships, psychological health. Uh, I, I think being less restricted, that's what it keeps coming down to, this implementing some level of restriction. I think doing less and less of that is more healthy. And I actually still think the physical outcome in terms of people's weight maintenance stuff is still better with less restriction. I think that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There has to still be a level of, and I'll use this word quite purposefully, restraint. So I think you still have to have a level of restraint because obviously if you completely remove restraint restriction, I suppose that just spells out eat what the hell you like, which is what people were doing previously when they're not happy or not not achieving the weight maintenance that they want to achieve. But I think if kind of remove the restriction part or being overly restrictive, uh, which obviously fits into kind of like um, the literature on restrictive dieting um, versus kind of flexible dieting or kind of more flexible approaches. Um, but that still has to obviously have some form of restrained eating. Um, yeah. Yeah, those have to be some form of restraint at some point if you've got a goal of losing body fat or losing, you know, losing weight, losing body fat. It does have to be an element of restriction at some point. I mean, if if you say, can I go out every day and eat food, and eat an Indian, you'd be like, no, you can't, mate, unfortunately. Because <laughs> it's just, you know, two and a half thousand calorie Indian doesn't leave much room for anything else, depending on how big you are, obviously, and how active you are. But, you know, there's, there's people need to use their heads in here as well. So you can't ask someone, can I eat out every day? And in, in an Indian restaurant, yeah, well, you know, buy one eat, you know, 
a dry tea guy. I'll, I'll have to have a fucking a runny curry. Like, well, no, you can't then. There has to be some level of restriction. But I mean, if you say, oh, I'm going to, I go out, I meet my mates, you know, once a quarter then. I don't see my mates, certain mm. mates, once a quarter. We have an Indian. And crack on. We don't like. Mm. Keep going. That's all. Think... The my fleet didn't, blah, blah, blah. Which is usually it, and it's be yeah. sensible. The, the, the trick is, and I think this is the simplest way to put it for people listening, uh, is finding finding a level of restraint that doesn't feel restrictive. Yeah. That's that's the simplest way to put it. And I know that doesn't really help in terms of kind of being too practical or pragmatic because obviously, you can, oh, how do I do that? I don't, I don't know. And obviously that's the, that's the art of coaching or that's the art of experience and kind of, you know, paying attention to a certain extent. I think there's this, this level of kind of mindfulness that anyone can... Uh, apply um not that like mindful eating is like the be all and end all or intuitive eating is you know not in its clinical um sense in in kind of the the more the colloquial sense that people think intuitive eating is the idea of just thinking about what you eat and being kind of aware and mindful of stuff um they aren't the the panacea of of like food relationships necessarily or they aren't the kind of like the magic thing that's going to help everyone maintain their weight as such but i do think they do play quite a big role i think if you, you if you pair that with a lot of other things in terms of knowledge experience um and kind of like general behavior change stuff and uh, over time it does make a big difference i think that's kind of where it comes to and again going back to finding this level of uh mm-hmm. restraint that doesn't make you feel like you're restricted all the time because i think that's that feeling restricted all the time is what exacerbates these issues over periods uh, over long periods and obviously causes poor food relationships and therefore people struggling to maintain their weight but and then and there'll definitely be times maybe if you Depending on what job you've got, while you do act, you might find you, you've got a window where you can actually go six or eight hours without food because you're busy and you won't think about it. So don't just say, say "Oh, I have eaten for six hours. I must eat." Because go back to intuitive eating and being aware of what, what your hunger signals. It's like if you're busy, just just crack on. Don't think about it. Just mm-hmm. don't yourself because you do find that when people have a calorie uh, target, they will try and hit it, no matter what. So my, I've gone through well, because of the way sometimes my training falls. Uh, if I get up in the morning, obviously kids go to school, don't have breakfast, go kickboxing nine till ten. Then I've gone because I know uh, I got to pick lights up from school half eleven. I go straight to the gym because now I have the time to do it later. Don't get me wrong, it's not optimal after kickboxing with the gym, but I get a space here from. Seven till half twelve, one. I'm not hungry, and I can go that time without eating, which means I can eat normally for the rest of the day and be in a considerable deficit, and I don't feel restricted. So there's times like that, if you know, that's just an example, there you can make the most of being restrictive or even very restrictive, and it doesn't really take you, doesn't really take much effort. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the lesson there is eat eat the whippy. Eat what? Eat the whippy. Eat the whip. The ninety nine. You know the the flake, the ice cream, the Mister Whippy. Is it? Do they have what? What are they called? What soft serve ice cream called in Wales? They call you must have whippies, no? I know you're normal, yeah. But what do you call them? You know, an ice cream cone. You call an ice cream? You call an ice cream cone? Yeah, an ice cream. Give me phone. Is it not something a bit more imaginative? No, I'm fine off. Probably is, but I don't call it. Okay. 
They they were called they were called uh, like whippies or Mister Whippies because I think the, there was a brand. Uh, I assume the original brand was of soft serve ice cream was like a, a, a called Mister Whippy. So you go to an ice cream band, they'd be like, "Yeah, can I have a Mister Whippy, please?" And obviously, or a night, you know, traditionally a ninety nine and ninety nine, which obviously yeah. now costs you about two pound ninety, not ninety nine p. Yeah, this was periods of ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I go for ice cream. We, we go to Paul's uh, called them and me. There's a shop. I can't remember it's called anyway. They just do lovely ice cream. It's just a double double cone, like, and I have honeycomb. It's very nice with proper honeycomb bits in it. It's like, oh. Nice. I do. Don't get me wrong. Like we go to Great Yarmouth quite regularly because it's our closest beach, um, and it's like ten miles away, so I can get there obviously pretty fast. Um, not that I need to get there like in rapid time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's close beach, so if you want an easy quick ride to the beach for a short period of time you don't feel like you have to travel very far anyway uh there is some nice ice cream stalls on the beachfront and some of them do some fantastic like lotus biscuit ice cream one of the ones and a snickers we often that's like the go-to quite often for us um, and i do like those sort of ice creams however there is just something about soft serve ice cream which is just like simple but beautifully done that's the only way i can describe them i just i don't know what it is it's that like simple plain creamy vanilla soft serve with a flake um yeah. Do, do not also that well no no sauce i don't have sauce no. uh did go to chroma actually on a day off on thursday took the kids and the wife to chroma and they do a combo like different flavored whippies out of a machine or different flavored soft serve and then they do like a, a rainbow one it's all different flavors with a rainbow and there was a section of it which must have been like almond or something but it tastes like amaretto it's fucking brilliant and that is really good um but you know what i was gonna say massively underrated ice cream mcflurries they are nice, yeah. Massively underrated. Again, like I just think you, know, you can't go wrong with ninety nine p McFlurry. It's like it's ninety nine p for Christ's sake, and it's like really good, simple, um, plain soft serve, and obviously just with with some caramel or chocolate, or whatever one you pick. Some ice, I don't know. Just crunchy. Like that again. Crunchy, crunchy, not crunchy. Yeah, oh yeah, couldn't beat that. Can't beat a bit of crunchy in a, in some ice cream. But anyway, um. I think I think that was an enjoyable chat. I think we've done that one to death now, mate. But hopefully, people took some uh, some interest or value. Uh, I would say, like I said, the take home is eat 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 the whippy or ninety nine or whatever you want to call it, and um, enjoy it moderately. I think, and it always comes down to this idea of being moderate about stuff. But I think that's that is the most successful long term strategy is kind of thinking about things moderately um and not not thinking about thing i want all the things or none of the things because i think both of those approaches tend to kind of lead to poor outcomes yeah when you think longer term i find things become easier but you stop i think you definitely like when you think longer term you realize actually fucking none of this matters and you're so worried about looking a certain way like and looking a certain way now all of a sudden, when you look longer term, you think about, well, okay, if I'm thinking about things longer term, like what I do now doesn't really make a big difference. It's like one drop in the ocean as opposed to one drop out of two drops is quite a, obviously a bigger difference. So that's kind of the way I think about it. One drop out of a small bucket, I should say, is obviously in the short term is a big difference than one drop out of you know a massive ocean. And that's kind of the difference between the short and the long term approach. So I think when you think start to think about things like that, you just it's so freeing, so much less stress having to worry about things and yeah it just you get so much more comfortable or happy with i think that's how people think when they start to think about the journey and the process and kind of falling in love with the process and doing the things rather than worrying about the outcome oh yeah 100 when you yeah when you definitely when you're long term and you focus on the process inevitably the goal you want comes around when you think short term 
you end up buying 12 week programs when you are not 12 weeks away from the condition they say you're going to be in. I mean, if you've looked at long term um, dr- drastic changes, you know, they they take a long time. Mm-hmm. They are 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like to say to thank you to everyone for the feedback for last week's episode. <laughs> Apparently, people really love hearing other people talk about protein bars. So thank you for all the positive feedback we got. That's been very delightful to uh, to read. So carry on sending them. Um, I, every single person that messaged me, I said, can you please go leave a, a positive review? <laughs> uh, for those that didn't message and want to leave us a positive review, review please do so on iTunes or uh, Spotify or any other podcast platform that allows reviews, please. Um, well, submit, uh, go buy cheese, eat lean cheese, uh, kind of unofficial sponsor of the podcast uh, nn10 gets you 10% off at eatlean.com so um do you know what i'm really enjoying it at the moment johnny um what? so j- just uh, it's slight off slight tangent really i suppose but um i am at the point in my diet which i've spoken about a few times where appetite isn't amazing and um i'm having to not not having to re- resort to more hyperpathic stuff i suppose is probably a bit of a strong way of putting it but i am kind of finding like foods are certainly uh far less interesting than they might previously have been like certainly kind of like your more less uh less processed um not so hyper palatable type foods they are pretty boring or bland to me now um and even in the mornings like digestion i've noticed has been a lot slower and training in the mornings i've had to kind of switch out the cereal and start drinking smoothies like kind of almost liquefying my foods um so anyway where i was going with that is i've just kind of started having smoothies in the morning instead of cereal i was having like kiddie cereal most mornings just to kind of like before the gym some kind of like uh high not necessarily high glycemic but fast acting carbohydrates um yeah so anyway i switched the smoothie just to kind of get things in uh, a bit easier and uh, i'm really enjoying the eat lean flavor drops genuinely really good what really, flavor? Really nice. uh, i've got various chocolate banana toffee vanilla strawberry raspberry i think oh, i've got all of those um and they're, they're literally they're only, they're only little flavor drops like the same as other brands that you can buy but these are like ultra powerful literally like two or three literal drops and like it's amazing the difference they make to things like smoothie in terms of adding some flavor um or porridge fantastic so anyone wants a recommendation go try them because they are generally very good and i can imagine a bottle's going to last a long time much they for a bottle i don't even know honestly don't know obviously i you know yeah well they obviously sent sent them to me for nothing so um yeah sorry about that hashtag sponsored athlete um but they are they are i'm not just i'm not just saying this I, I, maybe i should say hashtag ad but i'm not just saying that they are generally very good so um do not also shout out uh my protein milk cereal flavored whey that goes well in the smoothie as well actually because obviously it's just kind of a creamy milk taste so i may have told us before but my favorite way at the minute is lemon Right. Yeah, I can't I couldn't do that, I don't think. I think fruit flavoured I, I struggle with fruit flavoured protein bars and fruit flavoured uh protein, to be honest. I'm not so keen on them. Oh it's yeah, I'm I'm loving it. And do I do what I mix it with bread? Go on. Oats. Oats. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. It is <laughs> blueberries blueberries on top with a bit of honey. Lovely. Mm, okay. Oh, I've been having um Pineapple, papaya, mango, uh, peanut butter, uh, chocolate honey, because uh, I bought like spreadable honey, uh, like Rouse's, you know, the brand. Um, they do like a honey and cocoa, 
like which is which is like not not quite set but it's thick to spread rather than drizzle and uh the kids didn't like it i bought it for the kids i thought it might be a slightly better alternative than nutella and that type of stuff but they don't like it so i've just got a jar there so i've been putting that in my smoothies um but yeah that all that the milk cereal way a little bit of skier or like you know 100 grams of skier or greek yogurt uh, and some coconut milk and it, to be honest it's 400 calories just easily to get in me uh you know 40 grams of protein very tasty very nice mm, nice there we go that sounds tasty i'll say yeah not, i mean i don't always recommend people drink all of their calories but there are occasions where you know not just from uh, an appetite perspective there's are occasions where actually drinking might not be the worst thing in the world and there might be some benefits to it but um yeah for me at the minute appetite is the main reason and uh, i think it's worthwhile no. plus to be honest let's be it's far more nutritious for me to drink a smoothie in the morning than it is to eat a bowl of cocoa pops yes i would say so yeah well I, well I say that actually they are fortified so you know there are a reasonable level of nutrition in cereal despite what people think due to the fact there is fortified with vitamins and minerals but... i think this will be where you can jam in a lot mm. of fruit and veg if you so wished mm. yeah i think jam that nutrients yeah i think the last uh smoothie because it's like frozen fruit because obviously it's the best thing to put in a smoothie because obviously it's nice and cold uh had like kiwi spinach and other stuff so it's like gr- made it green as well but obviously you can imagine the amount of nutrients in in the dark leafy greens as well very good very good way of getting your um veg and dig up as long as you obviously use you know actual veg actual veg yeah and not just uh you know like uh lettuce Can you put lettuce in a smoothie oh <laughs> that sounds gross doesn't it oh. I don't know, maybe it'd be okay. Kiwi, spinach, apple. I don't know if it was all veg, but I mean, that would be a decent combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very green. But... Very green, you could put some flaxseed uh, powder in there. Yeah, I don't really get, I don't really often use kind Not of, um, obviously, I guess, you know, flaxseed's good fibre, omega fats, that type of stuff. Um, but I don't really often use that, actually. We should buy a bag from Sainsbury's when I was, when I was uh, single when I could spend loads of money on food. Um, we should buy the big bags of uh, flax, it was like six quid. Sure. Quite, yeah, back in the day when uh, not money didn't matter, obviously, but uh, I can go and spend a quid on food chocolate myself, buy organic this and organic that. You know, back in the day, not anymore. My oh, kid, oh, how the other half used to live. You used to live. Hmm. Yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a brand new TT as well. Proper addresses car. Bloody hell. I'm going to know one day or I'm shopping needles. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on that note, uh, buy your cheese, uh, leave your reviews, and um, like, share, subscribe, and all of those things to all of our stuff. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoy working, if you enjoy working, if you enjoy listening, or you feel like you want to work with us, then uh, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, if you like what we had to say and you think, oh, these guys seem to. So I have a nice way about them maybe I'll, I'll get in touch and see if they can help me then we would love to hear so uh, you can just get in touch via socials uh, or info at nncoaching.com if you prefer to use email on that note should we say au revoir I think we should say it'd be the same pet okay bye bye thank you for listening to the NNN podcast if you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.